You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody! It's a mailbag episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Great to be with you. Our first mailbag post draft, so we've got some good draft questions from you guys that we are going to get to. My name is Sean Pendergast, one half of Pain and Pendergast Sports Radio 610. And, of course, joined, as always, by my co-host, the Hall of Famer, my good friend, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com, John McClain. And, John, uh, the city's still buzzing after last week. The excitement level has not diminished one iota. It is, and it should be. People should be fired up. It's the first time I've been fired up about a rookie minicamp to see all those uh, draft choices on the field, especially C.J. Stroud. And Will Anderson Jr., but I'm pumped some of the about some of the others. Tank Dale. Tank's gonna have a big following. Anytime somebody's small, they're gonna have a big following if they can play. And uh he can. Henry Toto, the linebacker from uh Alabama, who was supposed to be a third round pick. They got him in the fifth. And then Xavier Hutchinson, who I watched play so well in the Big 12, especially against Baylor. I couldn't believe he was there in the sixth, and they traded up to get him. I thought that uh, he had uh, he might have been Toa 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 might have been the two best value picks they got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that uh, you know we sit there and do day three of the draft. John Harris and I do, and we've got the ESPN kind of best available, you know, sort of uh, fluid best available app open. And Toa Toa sat at their top of best available for it had to be about a round and a half. Like he just sat there for two hours. He was the number one guy on the board. And we were, Johnny and I were bringing that up, you know, an, an hour and a half before he got picked, which is, you know, hey, how great would that be? You got all these Alabama guys. You got a head coach who played the same position at Alabama. It's a perfect fit. I love that. I, um, uh, I'm sorry. I did a talk sh- show with Ryan Fowler, who's been Tuscaloosa, who's been. Mm-hmm covering them for 30 years and I got a scouting report from him. He said, you know, he's light, but D'Amico likes small, fast linebackers who can drop. He said, he's, he's, he said, he's, he's good in coverage. Never, never gave up a touchdown pass. He said, he's not a thumper. Who's going to go up and kill you, but he's the kind of guy he hustles. He plays sideline to sideline. He's very smart. He can run. And he sounds like the kind of linebackers D'Amico had. At San Francisco. Should be fun. Should be fun. All right, John, you ready to get into these mailbag questions? I'm always ready for the mailbag. All right, let's get straight to it. If you want to send in a question, if your question doesn't get read this week or you haven't sent us a question before, 
Uh, I would imagine this draft is going to continue to be a topic as we head towards minicamp here. But whatever it is you want to send in, as the summer months get here, we'll, I've got an Astros question in the mailbag this week. So we, we hit Astros as well. Um, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. All right, let's start it off in Austin. JR in the ATX says, I'm so fired up about the new group of draft picks. Thursday night was hard to sleep. I'm 54 years old and I'm giddy with excitement like the night before Disney World. Now that the dust has settled, what is our position of need? Our biggest, our, our position of most need, he says. They, the, the biggest needs going into the draft, we all knew quarterback, edge rusher, uh, wide receiver, and center. Those were their first four picks to solve those needs. They doubled up at center with Jared Patterson after uh, Juice Scruggs. Both of them can play guard. And they got uh, two receivers, Tank Dell inside, Xavier Hutchinson outside. Those are great opportunities for those players. And I also had on my list a linebacker and a safety. Nick Casario can never tell us with a straight face we go for the best player. They go for the best player at a need position. And so they drafted players at those positions as well. So do they have a specific need? I think they would love to have a penetrating defensive tackle, but you can't fix every need in one off season. They signed two veterans, Sheldon Rankins and uh, Hassan Ridgeway, who are veteran defensive tackles to be in that rotation with Malik Willis. They got Thomas Booker going into his second season. He was drafted last year. They still got Roy Lopez. So they have numbers. Now they just need those guys to produce. It's it's another thing that I thought was interesting, Sean. I see teams drafting kickers and punters. And I, and we don't talk enough about the solidity, stability of the Texans special teams. And Frank Ross has done a tremendous job of coaching them. You've got the best snapper in history going into his 13th year. Never had one bad snap, John Wiggs. Kaimi Fairbairn's been a good, good kicker. And then uh, Cam Johnston, the only free agent to get a contract of more than two years, and he's been worth it. He's going into the third and last year of his contract. So the kicking game, while other people are trying to solve needs there, the Texans can focus, could focus on needs on both sides of the ball. And besides their undrafted free agents, they're going to sign a couple, three more veteran free agents because now is when you get them cheap. Yeah, I, if I, John, if I had to pick a couple positions, I wouldn't have minded seeing them go in the draft. I mean, you can only you can only take so many guys. I get that, and with the way Nick the way Nick moves around, they're never going to end up taking as many players as they have picks going into the draft. That'll never happen. Still hasn't happened since he got here. <laughs> Even the year where they only picked five guys, he went into that draft with like eight picks. Um, eight trades he made. The, the eight trades he made in this draft, yeah. Um, I wouldn't have minded seeing another tight end. I know Schultz is only here on a one-year deal, and you're really, you're at this point, you're really counting on Tegan Catoriano as a former sixth-round pick who was banged up last year as a rookie who hasn't really done much. So I think they're thin there, and I think safety they're still thin. I, I mean, I know they drafted Brandon Hill, but he's a seventh-round pick. Like they're they're they uh they're a little thin for my liking at safety. But other than that, I, they can use everything. They're still not a, a very good football team. But I think now at least 
I feel like there's more of the guys in the building who are going to be part of this thing as opposed to, well, they need this stuff and we have no idea who the people are going to be, you know, or this position's not so great. Right now, a lot of the positions I don't feel tremendous about because it's, it's, there's inexperience. We don't know what they are, but at least, you know, there's some star power in the building now. There's some names we know, and there's young talent. Like it's, this is a really, really, I'm really excited for training camp. This is the most excited I've been for training camp, maybe since the Greenbrier. Well, I'm writing for the rookie mini camp and then the OTAs and then training camp. Yep. Well, no, then the, then the, the mandatory mini camp. Yep. And then, uh, and then training camp and preseason, you know, I agree on safety. Yeah. You know, they needed another safety now. Maybe they'll sign a safety and a tight end in free agency. Those guys are kind of a dime a dozen. They're not going to get paid big money for the most part. And uh, I haven't looked to see where Casario has them now into the salary cap. But they're so much better off than they were when David Culley was here and when oh, yeah. Bobby Smith was here. The D'Amico's should be so happy. And Landry Locker said something today that was intelligent. I never thought I'd say that, but he did. He said, do you think that Bobby Sloak, the new offensive coordinator and play caller, got to see a lot of Xavier Hutchinson when he was scouting Brock Purdy? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't thought about that, but Landry was exactly right. They watched a lot of film tape of Purdy. And when you watched him, the guy making all the catches for his two years with him, was Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah. He was there in the sixth round, which I was surprised. And then they traded to get him. And I thought that was a terrific pick. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, next one, John. Our friend Chris in the ATL, uh, so shout-out Atlanta, um, said D'Amico said it was only him and Casario who knew they were drafting Stroud all along at number two. In the world of leaks today, that is truly amazing, and props to them for keeping it under lock and key. Speaking of secrets, my question is this. Out of this free agency and or draft class, who do you think will be Stroud's secret weapon on offense this season, John? Also, Hannon Cal McNair knew, of course. Yeah. He was talking about everybody else in the organization. Sure, of course. I think that it, it it's not going to be a secret, but sometimes uh, a rookie quarterback will look to a veteran who's mm -hmm. the smartest, who he knows the most experienced, will be in the right spot at the right time. That would be Robert Woods. But the secret, and he's not a secret here, I think will be Tank Dell or Xavier Hutchinson, one of those two rookies. Stroud will come in with them. He'll get to know them early. He'll do extra throwing with those two guys. And I think it will be one of those two that will be his secret weapon. And not necessarily the go-to guy, but we can tell they have a really good on-field relationship. 
Okay, and a follow-up question from Chris. He says, are you guys that buddy who has the willpower to keep the Stroud secret with D'Amico and Nick, or are you the blabbermouth type? No, I wouldn't. I keep that stuff quiet. No, but like, are you what? Like, what type of friend are you? Are you 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 keep everything under lock and key? You're not a gossip guy at all, are you? No, no, yeah, no, I'm not either. I try not to be. Um, I know people that are. I know people covering this team who like to tell everybody what they yep. think they know, and most of the time they don't, and that always drives me crazy. Somebody telling me uh, all these things about the league and teams and stuff like that. But no, it doesn't serve any purpose no. for you to be known as a person who can't keep a secret. No, I agree with that. As a follow-up, John, we just said secret weapons for CJ Stroud. Here's a good follow-up from Ronnie in Pearland. Uh, who will be the Texans leading receiver in 2023? He'll be either Robert Woods or Dalton Schultz. I'm going to uh, Schultz is younger. He's on a one-year deal. He's got a lot to prove. He'll catch a lot of short and intermediate passes. And I don't see them being a team that's going to just hurl it downfield a lot. I'd like to say Nico Collins, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. If he could stay healthy, I would say Nico, but he's been injured way too much. They still need uh, next year a big play receiver. It is amazing to me how many people think Arizona's going to have the first two picks next year, which means the Texans would be worse this season than last season. I would almost bet against that. The most I've seen, the best I've seen is that Arizona has two top five picks. Yeah. Dane Brugler from the Athletic, who I respect a lot, he has the Texans with the 20th pick in the first round. So he thinks the Browns will have the 20th pick. And it's amazing, Sean, all the people that thought it was a bad trade because they gave up too much. Neglect to mention they still got nine picks next year, including picks first, second, third rounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, John, like if that, if it does wind up being a pick in the top three, then that's going to be, <laughs> we know how that's going to go next year, but of course on many, many levels, I just Will don't think Anderson there's... needs to be defensive rookie of the year. I don't know that he does, but I, he needs to be good. I don't know that the, the hardware would validate, you know, the, if he gets that, it means he's been great. If he doesn't win it, but he's still great. I don't care about that. I think this, this trade is a bet on D'Amico Ryan's more than anything else, John there. This trade is a bet that they are going to be a whole lot better than people think they're going to be. And if that's the case, then the coach is going to be the biggest reason to me, the coach and the quarterback. It's a, it's a dual bet on, well, it's a, it's a three headed bet on D'Amico Ryan's Bobby Slowick and CJ Stroud. That's what Absolutely. this is. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Uh, let's uh, go to Cody in McMahon. Remember him last week, John, it's pronounced I Mac remember. McMahon. He says McMahon, the man is accentuated. Um, he says uh, it was, uh, thanks, Sean. It was especially cool to hear the great John McClain state that my question was fabulous. You called his question fabulous. I forget what the question was, but you liked it, John. Um, he says uh, we're 15. He says they're 15 minutes east of Lockhart, which is south of Austin by 30 minutes. That's where it's located. Um, so um, he won. And actually, no question here. He just wanted to invite us to a do an ultimate barbecue crawl with him someday, John. That was it. Well, I love barbecue. I do, too. I love the, I love the Austin area. Cody, thank you very much for coming on uh, our Utopia podcast. We do appreciate it. Cody from McMahon. Yep. And John, last I checked on soda weight loss, you can eat barbecue. <laughs> well, I can tell you, legally, I've only eaten it one time since I've been on the soda weight loss program. Yeah, you probably, it's brisket is a little fatty. I Brisket might be, uh, might be borderline, but certainly all that turkey and chicken and, uh, 
the other stuff is uh yeah the problem is i like sauce yeah the sauce is very sugary no you're right you're right all right let's just keep it moving then when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right, Wale. Our guy Wale is in, John, in the mailbag. Again, mailbag at gmail.com. Hands down, the Texans made the right call picking C.J. Stroud. The general talked me into the QB pick, but I never left that, that bandwagon when he did. I'm excited for picking C.J. It's the correct pick. So that's just another, John, not even a question, just another exclamation from somebody who really, really likes what the Texans did um, with C.J. Stroud. What's your early read on C.J. Stroud, John? We've We've watched him go through the draft process. We watched him the night he got picked. We've seen probably three or four different interviews now, including the press conference. What are your initial impressions of C.J. Stroud? There were a lot of people out there, like Lewis Riddick from ESPN, Chris Sims from Mad Dog Radio, uh, Dane Brugler from Athletic had had Stroud as the number one quarterback. And there were others. You know, the consensus was it was Bryce Young, but there was a lot of people, I respect their opinions, that had Stroud number one. And uh, I like the fact he got emotional in the green room because he'd been through a lot with people questioning his intelligence. And um, he was really funny, cracked some good jokes in the uh, news conference with uh, D'Amico Ryan's Nick Casario and Will Anderson. He and Anderson know each other, known each other since, since uh, after their high school careers and then they were in Houston I think the week before they shot a commercial for some company I think so they've got a great rapport and uh, I think uh, I think almost everybody thought Stroud almost was going to be should be the first or second quarterback taken and you know he is ecstatic to be here his agent David Mulligetta there was a story in the Washington Post, quoting unnamed general managers, the Texans would not take Stroud because Mulligetta uh, was Watson's agent, which even though the McNairs had said that's not true and Casario said that's not true, and I wonder uh, if they call that anonymous scout and said, hey, uh, what about that? But yeah. uh, I think that was all a bunch of bull. And I saw that a bunch of places, Sean. Well, they're not going to take C.J. Stroud because of Watson's agent. When the fact is, Watson's agent, he didn't have anything to do with the civil suits, and he was doing what his client asked him to do, wanting to be traded, and they treated him great. Mulligetta, they negotiated a great contract. He wanted no trade clause. They gave him the no trade clause, and then he wanted to be traded to Cleveland. They didn't have to trade him to Cleveland, and they did. So Mulligetta should love the Texans. Yeah. Well, and he's come out looking look, as an agent, come out looking great. Like if anything, yeah. Mullig- if anything, that whole Deshaun saga. Look, Deshaun looked terrible through the whole thing. Um, but David Mulligetta, as far as his job goes, you know, and I. If we put some of maybe Deshaun's PR faux pas on David Mulligetta, I don't know if we do that because Deshaun had some really bad answers in press conferences, and sometimes the agent, the agent gets some blame for that. But if I'm if I'm David Mulligetta and I'm trying to grow my business, that whole saga with Deshaun Watson was basically a year long infomercial, particularly March of last year when the trade got executed and the contract got executed. 
if anything, that whole Deshaun thing should make David Bullinghetta feel good about the Texans. It probably it probably put him at the forefront for a lot of guys thinking of coming into the league if he wasn't already there. I mean, he's already a very well-respected agent around the league. You know, he's already thinking ahead after those first three years when he'll ask for an extension. And based on where the money's going for quarterbacks, he'll make Deshaun's contract probably look like chicken feet. Wouldn't that be funny if it's C.J. Stroud eventually who's the one who catches up to Deshaun with the $230 million guaranteed? I mean, that's that's the gap that's getting closed right now. You know what I mean? Like it was – Again, the, the number's 230. Uh, Jalen Hurts got to 179. Now Lamar Jackson got to 185. We've still got Burrow. We've still got Herbert. Trevor Lawrence will be coming up after this year in all likelihood for a contract extension. So those three guys alone are going to push the number to 200 probably. So who knows who, you know, who know, it's, you know, it'll be three years from now. We'll be getting closer and closer and closer to that magical $230 million number for sure. Um, Joe Q's got a couple questions here, John, and this is, uh, I think this is an interesting topic, especially considering that Davis Mills has been the starting quarterback for this team for the lion's share of the last couple of years. Um, what is What happens now with Davis Mills? Does he have trade value based on the number of games he played in two years remaining at a low salary, maybe a day three pick? What do you think? Uh, I wrote when they uh, signed Case Keenum that, man, he's gone because I thought they'd use quarter, draft a quarterback in the first round then. And so Mills is not going to be three, and Keenum's not going to be three. And they signed that guy. What's his name? A.J. Perry? A.J. Perry, yeah. A.J. Perry. E.J. Perry. Whatever, J. Perry. Yeah. He, John Perry, Bill O'Brien's former receivers coach. Is it his nephew? Yes, yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah, John Perry's his uncle, yes. And so uh, that gives them four quarterbacks. Keenum did not sign here to be a third quarterback. And so I thought for a while, Tim Kelly, who did a really good job coaching Mills his last five games of his rookie year, might want him for a low pick in Tennessee. But now they got three quarterbacks. Yeah. A third round pick last year, Malik Willis, second round pick now, Will Levis. And uh, unless they were to cut Ryan Tannehill, but you know, your third guy usually is a developmental guy. And maybe Bobby Sloan and D'Amico are going, whoa, we want three veterans because we saw last year in the playoffs when we had to go with Josh Johnson and we lost three veterans. We better think about that. But I'll be surprised if Mills is on the roster when the season starts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I like part of me is like, okay, Davis Mills isn't a three. Okay, why? Why isn't he a three? You know, like he's, he's still on his rookie deal. He's, you know, he's the third best out of these three quarterbacks. If nobody's, if nobody's pounding your door down for Davis Mills, there's no reason to just dump the guy. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't cut him if they yeah. don't get if they don't get a a decent pick or maybe a conditional. I totally trade if people have offers. Yes, yes. But if not, Case may be gone after one season and mm-hmm. become a coach, and you still have Mills for one more season, right? Where he could be the backup. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think he's got value. Um, odds for the week. Well, this is also Joe Q. Odds for the week one starter in Tennessee: Levis, Tannehill, or the guy from Liberty. He says Tannehill. Tannehill, week one. Yeah. Over under number of weeks before Levis becomes the starter. Well, if Tannehill is healthy. You know, when he's healthy, he's been pretty good. Uh, I think that, you know we say the second half. There are no more halves because of the odd number. Right. So I right. would say Levis will play sometime in the second. Uh, 
after the nine games. I'm going to say if their bye week is after week six, John, I'm going to say after the bye week. If he, and, and who's to say Malik Willis looked bad as a rookie? He ought to be better this season. And uh, so people are going to clamor for Levis, but there's no guarantee it might not be Willis. Uh, but I, I will say it's over. As long as Tannehill is playing and they're competitive, they're not going to ditch him. Um, Joe Q also asked, like, what do you guys think would have played out in the alternative universe if the Texans don't move up to three? If they wind up picking at two, 12, and 33, how do you think that would have gone? They would have taken an edge rusher at 12, like Noah Smith, who went 30th to Philadelphia. Uh, uh, Miles Murphy from Clemson. Well, Van Thank Ness, you. Van Ness was the first, Van Ness was the one closest to that. He went 13 to Green Bay. The very yeah, next well, then they could have taken Lucas Van Ness if they wanted him. I kind of think. Casario would have traded down a few spots unless they were in love with Lucas Van Ness. And then I think with 33, they would have taken a wide receiver and uh, tried to trade back into the second round like they did for Juice Scruggs to get a center. Oh, and I guess the way he's asking it, John, what if they had taken Anderson at two and then stayed at 12 and 33? So he's. Oh, then, well, then they would have had. Uh, Will Levis or Hendon Hooker if they yeah. wanted a quarterback. Yep, yep. I I don't know how I, I feel thought about that happened. I had him taking Hooker at twelve and yep. uh, Tyree Wilson at at, at uh, two. That's interesting. How would we feel about this draft if they had Anderson? If they took Anderson at two, Van Ness at twelve, Levis at thirty three, but still had both first round picks next year. Well, that's I probably how it plays out. You can't beat C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Uh, it was the first or second best quarterback. You hope you're never in position to do that again. Yep. Uh, but if they weren't good next year, maybe they would have had a chance for one of the others. But um, they probably go receiver at 12. I like, not Van the, Ness. I like the way it was. Yeah. I do too. Oh, I do too, John. This is, I mean, the excitement is is off the charts. All right. Let's, yeah, if they uh, took Anderson first, they would not have taken Van Ness. First. Right. They would have taken, you know, Smith and Jigba or, or, or one of those wide receivers, a flower, somebody like that. Uh, all right. Let's do a couple more. Um, Jeremy and Baytown. What's up with all these injuries to the Astros starting rotation? You can, if you could protect one player on the Astros from injury for the rest of the year, 2023, who would it be? Frommer, your ace pitcher. You know, okay. you got to have your ace pitcher. And right now, Garcia's elbow after eight pitches, first thing I thought about was Tommy John. You hope yeah. it's not that. Yukiti's got a shoulder issue. Uh, Dusty, I think, said something about the World Baseball Classic could have contributed. Uh, I was asking in the loop if the pitch clock's got anything to do with this because they're because they're in a rush. I don't I don't have a clue. Time will bear that out. But the Yankees. The, they've got all kind of guys on the I.L. Astros, I'm guessing Garcia is going to go on there if he hadn't already, and that's mm-hmm. scary. Thank God uh, you've got uh, Romer Valdez and Hunter. Man, Hunter is – And Javier. Three and oh. Javier hadn't looked as good as last year, but he's, no. still, he's still a great starter. Brandon Belag did a hell of a job replacing Garcia – uh, in their victory over the Giants. So he's going to have to play a bigger role. Yep, Hunter Brown tonight, man. Hunter Brown's starts are becoming are quickly moving up the list of must-watch must things in that's, Houston. 
Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Um, Jay in the third ward asks, John, uh, I've looked ahead at the mock drafts for next year already. Jay's a man after my own heart. I love mock drafts a year ahead of time. All of the ones I've seen have had the Texans pick landing in the top three and Arizona landing in the top three with their own pick. If that's the case, then they've got to take Caleb Williams or Drake May with one of those picks. If they're that bad this year, if that's the case, what happens to Kyler Murray? Unless Kyler Murray doesn't come back for half the season and they're winless and it's not his fault. And uh, there's no guarantee Caleb Williams and Drake May are going to be what they are next year, what they were this year. I keep telling people, reminding them, Spencer Rattler, who's supposed to be the first overall pick. Je uh, Josh Rosen was supposed to be the first overall pick the year before. You got to be very careful about that. Best thing. Caleb won the Heisman, though, John. Like Spencer Rattler just had a nice arm. Yeah. I mean, but there's been a lot of quarterbacks win the Heisman that didn't do squat, and he's but he's with Lincoln Riley. Yeah, and Lincoln Riley is a great quarterback coach, and King Kingsbury's there. He's going to work with Cliff Kingsbury. And didn't he go to USC? Back to USC. He did. He did. He's there as a quarterbacks coach. So yeah. he's got two great quarterback coaches. So the odds are in his favor. Drake May's got what uh, Mac Brown. I'm not sure who his coordinator is. And those guys may turn out to be Hall of Famers, but you just can't look ahead to Texans. And who gives a rat's, you know what, what people think about next year? The Texans would have probably screwed it up and won just one too many games <laughs> to be not be in position to draft one of those guys. But everybody's going to predict that. You know, you like to think the Texans might win six games with a much easier schedule. Two rookies starting at some point for Indianapolis and Tennessee. And then, of course, uh, playing the NFC South. So they got a chance to, if they won six games, I think people would be very happy and that would take them out of the running. And of course, what they need is for Sean Watson to get hurt, suffer a season in the injury. I don't wish that on him. <laughs> I'm back away from these lightning bolts. <laughs> the Browns, Browns to be really bad and help the Texans get a high pick again without. Man. Him. They need Deshaun Watson to get hurt. John, you, you, you. Yeah, I said I'm not advocating. Okay. It. I'm not wishing it. I'm just saying it, if he's out, they got a better chance of getting a higher pick. Actually, you are correct about that. Yes, that's a, that's absolutely true. I'm, John, I'm on the record already saying Kyler Murray will be on a different team in 2024. Well, I, I don't know who'd want him that cap hit. My God. But I'm, hit. but right. But, but if the Cardinals are picking first in the draft and Caleb Williams is this time next year what he was last year which is the clear-cut best play. He would have been number one in this draft, for sure. Uh, then you've got to take him if you're Arizona. You have to, and yet you've got to figure it out, you know? Kyler, if, they if Kyler got, got, what they got to do. That's what they got to do, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm already on the record, Kyler. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be, John, or who trades for him, or if they just have to eat the contract or whatever they do. I just know that if the Cardinals are picking first in next year's draft, they ain't drafted Marvin Harrison Jr. So Kyler Murray has weapons. Kyler's six years in at that point, or whatever it is, five the years in. The thing about Kyler Murray is he doesn't study, doesn't yeah. take it serious enough. And if you got that reputation, and he does, other teams are going to be very reluctant at that stage of his career to take him on because if he hasn't matured enough to do that by that point, odds are he's not going to. All right, last one, John, from Mary Beth. What did you think about the Watts investing in EPL soccer club Burnley? Good for them. They're going up to the Premier League. I think that's tremendous. They both – she played soccer. J.J. loves soccer. 
Uh, Ryan Reynolds has had great luck with his soccer team. So I think we might start to see more uh, athletes and actors and celebrities investing money. You don't know how much it is, but investing, it gives them name recognition they're not going to get with their, you know, their usual owners. So mm -hmm. I'm happy for them. I th they're obviously loving it. Good for them. I hope they're successful. I am too. I do too. John, I enjoyed the mailbag as always. You know, another thing we got to think about next year, which game will be the best game for them to retire to put J.J. Watt up in the ring of honor? Okay, as far as, like, opponent goes, you mean? Yeah, which home game would be the best one to honor J.J. next year? Okay, you know my feeling on that. Initially, when he, the day he retired, we were talking on this podcast, and I said Pittsburgh because uh, yeah. his, his brothers would both be in the stadium that day, and presumably his parents would be too. That would be ideal. But well, we can go through sure. It won't be the one where Deshaun Watson comes back. That would be hilarious. Uh, but and it yes, won't be I'm... Andy. It won't be Tennessee. And it won't be Jacksonville. What about Arizona? It could be Arizona since he had a cup of coffee with Arizona. Yep, yep. And the Texans might win that game. Might actually be favored to win that game. That's when Andre Andre went in. Andre went in when they played Arizona in that horrible 2017 season. Looks like DeAndre may still be there after all. Yep. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of options. Do they play the Jets up there? Yeah, it's up there. It's in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, that'll be something we think about when the schedule comes out next week. Next Thursday, the schedule comes out for sure. Yeah, if you got questions about that or anything else, mailbag at gmail.com. John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? I have my grades uh, that I did yesterday on – gallerysports.com. I have a column on sportsradio610.com about the relationship between Casario and Domingo Ryans after this draft. And then I'm going to write a column for Gallery Sports for Wednesday about how relieved and happy Hannah and Cal McNair are that they seem to have finally turned the corner from all the negativity that began the week after the 2020 season, Oof. when David Mulligetta told him, we want Sean traded. Yeah. Uh, John, I never thought we'd make it through, but here we are. We made it to the other side, my friend. And I think things, brighter days are ahead. <laughs> Sunshine is back in NRG someday, Stadium. Someday, John, it'll be between me and you to arm wrestle to see who gets to do more vignettes on the 30 for 30 about the Jack Easterby <laughs> era in Houston. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's a long time away. <laughs> Uh, hope I'm around to see it. All right. Uh, that's the great one. John McClain, the hall of famer. Uh, Hey, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, do it, hit subscribe and it'll come straight to your phone or your iPad or wherever it is you listen to your podcast. That's way easier than just having to seek it out each and every week. We do two episodes a week. This one's dropping a little early, uh, cause of, uh, schedules. And by schedules, I mean, I'm going to the Astros game on Wednesday, so we couldn't record on Wednesday. It's an afternoon game. Big thanks to Figgy Fig though, for getting this podcast out to all of you. We appreciate him. We appreciate all of you for listening, subscribing, and telling a friend about the Utopia football podcast for John McLean. I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will talk to all of you. If not later this week, then uh, for sure next week. In the meantime, enjoy your week and thank you for downloading and listening to the Utopia football podcast.